We're going to continue our series from last week in Luke chapter number 3. Uh, if you're new to the church, first time here, you'll find a lot of these scriptures on the screen and you could follow along there as well as we get into this series called Identity. So we're going to continue our series this morning called Identity. And I want to just take a few moments as we read from Luke chapter 3 to just review a little bit from last week. Luke chapter 3, starting in verse number 21, says this, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. Here's Jesus in the water being baptized by John the Baptist. And as he's coming up out of the water, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit just softly descends upon him. And then the Bible says that a voice came from heaven, an audible voice that everyone could hear. This audible voice came from heaven and, and it said this, Hey, hey, you are my beloved son, and in you I am well pleased. So right here is the moment that Jesus is identified. At this age, he's about 30 years old, and he's identified as God's son. The moment he's identified as God's son, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse number 1, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry." So here's Jesus coming, and immediately, immediately after he was identified as God's Son, the Holy Spirit pulled him into the wilderness on a 40-day fast. How many of you are grateful for a 21-day fast? Amen? But here's Jesus. The devil, as far as we know, had never tempted him. It's not recorded. Never does he seem to have any opposition from the enemy in the Bible as far as we know. But the moment he's identified as God's son, the devil comes immediately to challenge that. And that's what he does for you. The moment you begin to realize who you are in Christ, the moment you begin to realize that, that I'm a son of God, I'm a, I'm a daughter of God, I belong to God, I'm not an orphan, I, I, I'm a child of God, the moment you begin to walk in it, the moment you begin to realize it, the moment you begin to behave like a child of God, the devil comes immediately to steal that thought, that, that pattern, that belief system. He does not want you to realize who you are in Christ. He didn't want Jesus to understand it. He didn't want Jesus to walk in it. And he does not want you to understand it. He doesn't want you to walk in it. And so there's this battle that took place. And Jesus entered this 40-day battle. And at the end of this battle, the, 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 the enemy came and challenged immediately. And his first words to Jesus were, If you really are the Son of God. And he comes, and he, and he attacks, and he challenges. But God had Jesus ready. 
He came at the end of 40 days of prayer and fasting. It wasn't the first time God had pulled somebody in the wilderness to change him. Listen to this verse in Exodus chapter 13. I, I, I want to read this to you. This is a powerful verse. It says this, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Listen to this. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. This is speaking of the children of Israel. They were slaves in Egypt. And when Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, they left Egypt. And the quickest route to the promised land was by, was by way of the Philistines. But the Bible says God didn't allow them to go that way. He, why, why was it? It says very clearly. Here's why. Because they weren't ready. They were not ready to face the Philistines. So the Bible says instead, God said, you're going to go into the wilderness. Even though, even though this way's shorter, I'm taking you the long way, huh? and there's a purpose behind it, because I've got to change your mentality. I've got to change your thinking. You, you're not ready for, for, for what the Philistines have to offer. You're, you're not ready for war. You're not ready for that magnitude of a battle. You've still got this slave mentality, so I've got to take you a different route. We're going to go the long way, but don't worry. We're going to get there, but you just have to understand changes have to be made. You have to change your way of thinking. You have to change your behavior. You have to change your identity. Come on now. Amen. See, some of you are wondering, why, why is it that, that the purpose of God just seems to be delayed? Why is it I just can't step into to ministry? Why can't I just do what God's called me to do? Why does it seem like uh, I'm just being delayed? Why does it seem like everything's on hold? Because you are not ready for what God has for you. But he wants to shape you. He wants to mold you. He wants to form you. He wants to change your way of thinking. And during this 21-day fast, he says, listen, listen, I'm just trying to get you ready for what I have for you, but you have to change your thinking. Hallelujah. So he led them into the wilderness. Huh? Said so in the wilderness, you're going to experience what? Hunger, physical hunger, and you're going to experience thirst. You're going to experience need. You're going to have great opportunity to really reshape your identity. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, what, what happened over a period of years, the Israelites just developed this slave mentality. I'm a slave. Daddy was a slave. Great-granddaddy was a slave. We come from a family of slaves. I lived in a town full of slaves. I mean, that's all I know is slaves. Slave this, slave that. That's all I know. I mean, we've been in bondage our whole life. I was in bondage as a kid, bondage as a teenager. Come on, I've been a slave to this thing. I can't never seem to break free. I can't never seem to get over this hump. I can't never seem to get ahead. It seems like I'm always behind. We never have any money. I'm always sick. Come on, I'm always defeated. I mean, they just had that mentality their whole life. And so God said, I've got to change their way of thinking because they can't walk into promised land like this. They've got to change how they think. They've got to change what they say. They've got to change their behavior. Come on, somebody. Amen. Slaves think differently. 
Can I just give you three characteristics of a slave? Are you ready? Number one is this. Slaves give in to fear and hopelessness and shrink in the face of opposition. Slaves give in to fear and hopelessness and they shrink in the face of opposition. That's why he couldn't lead them by the Philistines. Philistines were too strong for them at this point. So no, that opposition is too great. They're not ready for that. They're not ready for that. They're not ready for that. So we're going we're to take them in the wilderness so I can kind of mold them and shape them. Because if they faced opposition right now, the magnitude of the Philistines, they'd never win. Huh? Listen to what happened in, 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 uh, when, 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 the, when the Egyptians, I mean, when the Israelites went to the Red Sea, they began to just absolutely, when Pharaoh was chasing them down, they began to look at Moses and they began to say, why have you brought us out here to die? I mean, look, couldn't you have just left, up in, left us in Egypt? Look, the, the Egyptians are marching on us. They're coming after us. I mean, why didn't you just leave us alone? The minute things got difficult. Oh, listen, when you're marching out with silver and gold, I mean, when you're coming out of slavery, for a moment you're happy. Woo, praise God, hallelujah. This is good. The devil begins to punch and kick and fight and attack your family and attack your finances and and attack your health, and all of a sudden, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? And many times people just just aren't ready to face opposition. They're not ready to fight. Listen, I just believe if you get hit, hit back. Come on, somebody. If you get hit, hit back. I watched a fight that was one-sided. It was brutal. There was a guy named, named Chris who got off the bus. Remember the, the bus? Y'all remember the bus? How did we survive public busing? I don't even know. I mean, I, you know... But we used to all, when the fight was going to happen, you'd know about it on the bus, and then the fight took place at the bus stop when you got off. I know this isn't for you guys, but other people have experienced this. So, so we were so excited because this kid named Chris was going to get in a fight. Not a lot of people liked him. Listen, I wasn't sanctified back then, so it was like, woo, fight, 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 fight. You know, you're kind of excited about that stuff. And he had determined he was not going to fight back, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Let me tell you, he took a punch, and he took a kick, and he took another punch. And then, when he was all beat up, crying, right? This is like sixth, seventh grade. Guess what? He took another punch, and then another one. How many of you know the devil doesn't let up? He doesn't just go, oh, I think they've had enough. No, no, no. He wants to destroy everything we own, everything that we love, and every piece of our purpose and potential. And if we don't fight back, guess what? We will get beat up. Because Chris got beat up that day. And let me tell you, she was relentless. You understand? She beat him from one end of that neighborhood to the other. You have to fight back. You can't shrink in the face of opposition. You can't say, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna just, just 
live a, a good Christian life and come on Sundays and, and just think that nobody will ever bother me and hopefully I, I won't face any opposition. Guess what? The devil hates you whether you attend church every day, every Sunday, or once a month. Listen, you might as well fight and you might as well punch. And listen, when you get kicked, kick back. Somebody say amen. Break that mentality off of your life. Get a backbone. Get ready. Listen, if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to give it all I got. Praise God. I got stories, but we'll leave those alone for another day. Number two is this. Slaves lift their voice to complain, but rarely to change. Slaves live their voice to complain. Numbers chapter 11, let me just read this to you. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 4 says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. This is them coming. This is them in the wilderness. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? How many of y'all said that this week? Anybody say that this week? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Huh? Listen to what it says. They gave in to what? Intense cravings. And they began to complain. And with their voice, listen to this, with their voice, they began to talk freely and they began to talk fondly about slavery. We want to go back to Egypt. Why? Because we had plenty to eat there. Huh? We ate freely. No, they weren't free. Huh? They ate, but they were not free. See, the devil will trick you. Oh, I could stop this anytime I want. I could break this addiction anytime I want. This thing doesn't have a hold on me. Listen, if I wanted to fast for three days, I could fast. I don't have to fast to prove that I can. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, I wanted to break. If I want to quit that, if I want to stop that, I could do it anytime. I'm free. I'm not a slave. See how, how the devil plays with our mind, tries to get us thinking we're not really what we are. And then all of a sudden, when opposition comes, when difficulty comes, instead of using our voice to proclaim our freedom, instead of using our voice to say, hey, we can do this and we can overcome, instead we just complain. We complain. And let me just tell you, your voice is the most powerful thing you own. And with it you can complain, or with it you can change. Did you hear me now? I'm going to say that again. Your voice is the most powerful thing you own. And with it, you can complain. Huh? I know nobody here complains, but other people in other churches do. Or you can change. Hallelujah. Instead, they lifted their voice. Not in gratitude, not in praise. They lifted their voice complaining about their present circumstances, remembering fondly the slavery of their past. Come on now. It's how slaves think. It's how slaves identify. That's what slaves do. Listen to what it says. Now this is powerful. Because you may not have seen this before. It says, now the mixed 
multitude. Look at that verse one more time. The very first couple words. The mixed multitude. I don't know if you knew this or not, but it wasn't just Israelites coming out of Egypt. There were other nations that Egypt had captured. And mixed in among the Israelites were different nationalities. Some translations say, and the rabble, huh? the mixture, the non-Israelites. They began to complain, and the Bible says, and the sons of Israel, huh? the mixed multitude who were among them. So you get around complainers, guess what? You'll start complaining. You get around turkeys, you'll never fly. You'll live on turkey level, duck level. We moved into a new home this year, this past year, 2016. Three doors down, ladies feeding ducks. I went, Jesus in heaven. Are you kidding me? I hate ducks. Are ducks just the ugliest, dumbest creatures? I'm sorry, I know, y'all. Uh, duckies. No, I'm talking about the ducks, not little ducklings. I mean, they're cute. Ducks, adult ducks with the bumps all over, they're, they're, they're ugly, okay? And they're stupid. Anyway, we won't go there. Because they, they, they don't even fly. They just flap, and they kind of just scoot along. And you just go, really? This is how you're going to spend your life? And I've got ducks all over my neighborhood, don't we? we got ducks all over. Pastor Alex doesn't live far from me. we got ducks all over. I hate them. The lady just three doors down is feeding them things. They're never going to leave. So... But what I notice is when you get around them, you just don't think that, that they could fly. Now, they can. I mean, it is possible, but you never see them do it. They just waddle along. See, some of you have been living your life just waddling along, right? And God's saying, hey, you've got wings. It's time to rise up. Hallelujah. It's time to declare. Listen, I wasn't made for this level. I was made to live up here. Hallelujah. Stop complaining. When you get around complainers, that's what you become, a complainer. Huh? Break off some relationships. Sever those ties and begin to say, hey, from here on out, I'm going to surround myself with people who believe they're champions, they're winners. Hey, who believe that this is going to be the, the greatest year of their life. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Declare it. This is my year. Hallelujah. Well, I just don't know. I mean, look at the election. Oh, forget about the election. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's keep our eyes on God. Hallelujah. Listen, God's still on the throne. I mean, come on now. Amen. Praise God. Number three. I don't know how I even started. Ducks are not in my notes anywhere. Number three. Slaves expect punishment. They believe others are entitled to the blessing. They just expect it. Well, any day now. I mean, this whole thing, you know, they, they get ahead a little bit. They get a little bit of money. They walk in health. They're, they're walking in victory. But yet, for some reason, they just expect the whole thing to fall apart. I mean, this, this is too good to be true. 
I mean, after all, I don't deserve this. I mean, look at my past, and, and I, I don't think straight. I, I, I still have some words come out of my mouth that shouldn't. I still think something. I just, I just, I, this is not for me. I just don't think, I don't think that I can do this. I don't think that I could walk free. I don't think that I could live free. I certainly don't deserve it. I deserve punishment. Huh? Listen to one of the great stories in the Bible. I say it's a story because it wasn't a a, a real event. It was a parable that Jesus told. It's in Luke chapter 15. It's the parable of the prodigal son. Many of you know it very well. But let's just talk about it for just a moment. There was a son who went to his father and said, Hey, I'd like my inheritance now. Reluctantly, the father gives him an inheritance. And the boy goes off and just blows the money. When he's got money, he's got friends. When he doesn't have money, he's got nobody. And he finds himself, huh? The son of a wealthy man living in a pigsty, eating pig slop. Huh? And the Bible says this. Listen to Luke chapter number 15. It says, but when he came to himself, he said, now you could just, you could just take that verse and just go on and on. When he came to To himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Listen to the speech. Now listen to it word for word. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. That's the admission. That's the confession. Here's the punishment. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, the Bible says, and he went to his father. Huh? And he goes to his father, but while he was a great, while, great way off, his father saw him, His father had compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, listen to the speech, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Here's how it went down. He he comes to himself. He realizes he was not born for this. He wasn't born for the pigsty. He wasn't born to eat pig slop. He could at least live a little better. Huh? He doesn't deserve the house, but he at least deserves the servants' quarters. I could at least do that. I mean, you know, let's let's not get crazy and just believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could just do a couple things, right? And so he leaves the pigsty. And he begins to journey home, and as he's walking home, he's rehearsing the speech. How do I know he's rehearsing it? Because he gave it word for word. Right? So he's rehearsing the speech, and he's just taking one step after another step. Father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I have sinned against heaven and against you. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he's just saying it over and over. Father... I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I've sinned against heaven and against you. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he just repeats that speech 
all the way home. And the Bible says that the father was looking for him. Because the Bible says the father saw him a great while off, way down the road. And when he saw him a great ways away, the father ran to him. And the Bible says he fell on his neck, which means he just embraced him. It is a sign of intense affection. And he, and he hugged him, and he kissed him. And it's almost like here is this son feeling this incredible embrace, even after all he did, because he did not know how he was going to be received when he got home. But he feels this incredible embrace, but he is not good enough for the embrace He pushes the father away. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have something to say. And so he goes into his speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. That's the confession. But if you go on, you'll find he never gets to the punishment. He never gets to say, make me one of your hired servants. Why? The father wouldn't let him say it. Before he could get to the punishment, the father interrupts him. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's good enough. You don't need to say anything else. Hey, bring a robe. Hey, hey, bring some shoes. Hey, hey, kill the fatted calf. Hey, assemble all the servants together. Hey, begin to get food ready. Begin to get the chairs out. Begin to get the tablecloths and the plates. Hey, listen, we're having a feast tonight. We're having a celebration tonight because he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. He is home again. I don't need to talk about punishment. Listen, you confessed. It's all forgiven. It's under the blood. Hallelujah. Listen, you know, longer a slave. You're a son. Come on. You're not a slave. You're a son. You're my child. Now stop thinking like, 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 like you messed up. Stop thinking that you're not good enough. Stop thinking that, that there's any punishment awaiting for you. Hey, listen, I've taken your sin. I've cast it as far as the east is from the west. I've cleaned the slate. I've forgiven you. All is well. Hey, listen, come on. Let's celebrate. Amen. Listen, we have to change our thinking. Pastor Mark, would you come? And fasting, fasting helps break that slave mentality off of our lives. 